Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it was a great day for the Birds down in Cleveland, Ohio, in their joint practice with the Browns. Gino and I have some takes for you today on the show about this offense. That's coming up next. Get ready right here on Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Thursday edition of the show. It's episode four this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. Free and available on all platforms, on YouTube as well, and on Twitter. Hit us up at LockdownBirds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DBLOE. What a day for the Eagles down in Cleveland, Ohio. Gino, I wish, these are the kind of moments where you're like, really wish I was on the beat covering this practice because it sounded like the wide receivers, the quarterback himself, Jalen Hurts, and the entire team had a field day on this Browns defense, which is really exciting. First off, shout out everybody on the beat. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their live oh, yeah, tweeting dude. from each and every practice. And there's a moment every day that these practices go on, especially during training camp now with the live practices where I do nothing besides follow along on Twitter just to see what the next That's what I did for like three is. hours today, man. And man, we got some excitement out of these joint practices. If you listen to yesterday's show, we prefaced it saying we're more excited to see the Eagles offense with the weapons that they have going against right. Cleveland's defense, where next week when they play Miami, you're going to be taking on a juggernaut of weapons with Tyreek Hill, you have Mike Gusecki to worry about as well. You have Jalen Waddle. This week, you have a trio of cornerbacks, and it looks like Denzel Ward wasn't practicing today. It looks like yeah. he's still out. Coming off the PUP, it's still going to take some time for yeah for Ward. But going against guys like Greedy Williams today, Greg Newsom, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown did everything we had expected them to do, and it came at the hands of a quarterback who – they threw a lot today. All the guys threw a lot today. Gardner Minshew had a rougher outing. He threw a couple interceptions. Reed, wait for it, Lou. It's not Sinet. It's Sinet. Reed Sinet just discovered that today. Devon Kenny, shout out. She tweeted that out today, and I was blown away. Can't there's believe always, that. You know, I feel me. like there's always some names with the Eagles that we learn like months later. Or even sometimes years. Yeah. I've this seven years I've been calling Jaquaski Tart Jaquiski Tart. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, you know, absolutely. It was just a great day for the offense. The defense, it sounded like did okay as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth more of a battle there with Deshaun Watson and the Browns offense. But you know, I I to be honest, I came out of that practice thinking the Eagles have the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. I truly That's believe a claim, that. Brother. I I really do. I was starting to think about it, and I was following along at all the different ways Devontae Smith was beating Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom and A.J. Brown as well. And I started to go down the list of – because I'm like, wow. I mean, this team has swagger at receiver for the first time in a decade where a defense actually fears multiple players, maybe three-plus at this position. So I'm going through the list, and I'm like, I truly believe – I'd take A.J. Brown, and this is removing my Eagles bias. I truly believe I would take A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as a duo over any NFL team. Yes, do I think 
would I take Jamar Chase over AJ Brown? Sure. Would I take Devontae Adams over Devontae Smith? Absolutely. But I don't think Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, even Chase and Higgins, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't think any of those guys are as Mike Evans and Godwin, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I don't think so. Gino, I don't think wow. any of them are as complete and can win as many ways together as AJ Brown, and Devonte Smith, the route running, the speed, the ability to win at every level, the hands, strength, technique, body control, run after the catchability. This I'm telling you, I think this is the top tier receiving group in the NFL. I think these, this duo, I don't know if that's bold coming out of one practice, but I, I really believe it. I don't think it's just coming out of one practice. I think it's warranted because the excitement that we had back in April is now coming to fruition to see what these two individuals can actually do on the field altogether. But let's look at them separately, Lou. You look at A.J. Brown, his time in Tennessee. He was the guy. There really wasn't another option outside of the Julio year, which didn't go as people planned. A.J. ends up getting hurt. So we don't really get the full scope of what he could be with another 1A, 1B type of guy. Same thing with Devontae last year. It yeah. was up to him. Yeah, Quiz Watkins had his moments. Dale Scotter had a good season as well. But he was going against number ones, game in and game out. Now you're stuck with the choice. Who are you going to cover with your top receiver or with your top corner? Because the other receiver, they're going to be able to beat your number two. And that's the fear that you're going to put into defensive coordinators' minds week in and week out. And, yes, I believe that they right now could definitely be in the consideration for top five. Will I say that they're number one at this I'm point in time? It. I want to see it happen. But, Lou, I'm with you. You're looking at A.J. Brown, who by himself had two 1,000-yard years, even a year. You know, on a, the offense that ran the football more, by the way, Gino, than any team. With Derrick Henry, Great point. And even last year, Lou, where he's hurt, he gets over 900 yards. Look at Devontae, the closest rookie to surpassing 1,000 yards ever in Eagles history. On the team, by the way, that ran the football more than any team in the NFL. Now look at a team that's going to trust their quarterback more. You talk about the ways that they won down the field. It yeah. was spread all over. It was the left boundary. It was the right boundary. It was the middle of the field. All of this is the trust that Jalen's going to have with them. He now has multiple receivers and a tight end that can beat anybody in single coverage. It's 100% warranted where your belief is in this wide receiving core. And I'm there with you, man. I see A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith for sure passing 800 yards each. We could truly be talking about a team with two 1,000-yard receivers. I genuinely I believe it. That's not revisionist history. We've said it multiple times over the past couple months. And now, seeing what they can do against some of the better defenders, yes, one-on-ones are meant for wide receivers to win, But you know course, they didn't have a chance. I mean, apparently yes, they were they didn't just have, tearing they didn't them have a up. fighting chance last year. It, it wasn't Jaylen even close. And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and those right. options. But now you got an upgrade. So, and again, it's the completeness factor, right? There was a lot of people that were debating me on this. Bengals fans got in on this, Rams fans, and they're saying, you know, nobody, Dolphins fans too, nobody has the deep threat ability of Tyree Kill. Is Tyree Kill a better deep threat than both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith? Sure, absolutely. Is Devontae Adams a better route runner than both? Absolutely. Are there certain things that each one of these guys are better than Brown and Smith at? For sure. But the completeness of two receivers combined mm -hmm. in the NFL – I think the closest thing might be 
Chase and Higgins, maybe I don't even think Adams and Renfro, though, to be honest, or Cup and Robinson. I truly believe it is Brown and Smith. And it, you have to also think of it in this way. It's an even playing field. So remove quarterbacks, right? So some people were talking about stats. Like somebody even threw in Gabe Davis. Like, oh, Devontae Smith might not even have better numbers than Gabriel Davis here. I'm like, yeah, because Gabriel Davis is the number two target in the highest volume passing offense in the NFL with the best or the second best quarterback in the NFL and Josh Allen. If you put all these guys running wide receiver. You know, this is a perspective where I'm throwing everybody in a free agent pool and I'm picking my duo of these options. I might go with Brown and Smith. I mean, I know maybe it's bold to say number one, but I'm going to stick to it. I'll tell you this. I'll put them at number one. If you add in tight ends to the equation with Dallas Goddard, there's not a better trio With two wide receivers and we say group of four, if I throw in one of the best deep threats in the NFL and Quez Watkins, I mean, you could talk about if you talk about just the trio trio of wide receivers, they're right up there. If you talk about the two wide receivers plus Dallas Goddard, they're right at the top of the equation. Out of all those groups that you mentioned, you look at the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Is Mike Gusecki as good as Dallas Goddard? Absolutely not. No way around it. He is not. You look at the Rams situation, Lou. I'm taking the Eagles tight ends over their options. Or even just third target. Is Tyler Boyd better than Dallas Goddard? I'm taking Goddard over Boyd. In that offense as well. I'll take I'll take that too. That's a great look at it saying, how do our guys win? Do they do it the same in some areas, but do they complement each other? They complement each other to the fullest extent. I look at Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, for example. They do a lot of the same things. A lot of they're not bad at doing them. They're great route runners. They can get down the field. They can work yards after the catch. But are they guys that are going to go up and get 50-50 balls like A.J. Brown? Absolutely not, in my opinion. I said on record that Devontae Smith was my favorite of the four Alabama wide receivers. You know, I think he's going to be better. I have another take. He's going to be better than A.J. Brown this year. I think he's going to be wow. the best player on the Eagles offense. But he does everything that Waddle did well, that Henry Ruggs did everything. well that Jerry Judy did well. He combined all of them. And A.J. Brown, he was picked ahead of his teammate in D.K. Metcalf. So was J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. But I'm just saying, you look at that offense, that team trusted A.J., who did a lot more. He moved inside. He moved outside. He won in the slot. He won in the intermediate areas. He won as almost a running back. Good luck if he gets a free release. If they start using him in motion, Gino, I'm going to have an accident if I'm a defensive player on the field. I'm just a a freshman football coach right now, and, I mean, I'm frightened for whoever's a defensive coordinator having to go against them, even at the NFL level. Nick Sirianni is going to game plan those guys open, which on top of what they can already do to get open – the separation we are going to see with these guys, Lou, is the and that's one the key thing word. Man. We're going to appreciate more than ever how easily these guys are able to create even a half yard to a yard of separation yeah. in multiple different facets throughout their route. And that's why I think if I'm a defensive coordinator, I might put CB1 and Devontae Smith because I prioritize separation over anything. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking one trade, which is, Brown. Yeah. yeah, and, and Gino, it sounds obvious, but would I rather have the powerful, bigger body of A.J. Brown? Not saying Brown can't separate with route running and with technique in those ways, but if I'm going to take an elite trait of Brown or Smith, I'm going to take the if – if I can have one elite trait of these two players, I want the route running and separation ability of Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe outside Devontae Adams, he can be a top two, top three route runner in the NFL this year. The sky is the limit for this receiving group. 
And uh, overall, I just I can't wait to see them on the field in uh, a few weeks. You know, they weren't the only players shining though on this offense. Coming up next, we'll get into the quarterback Jalen Hurts. He did exactly what we asked of him on yesterday's show. We'll keep recapping Eagles Browns joint practice from Thursday right here on Locked On Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn's jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Actually got one of my jobs through LinkedIn actually a few months ago. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Gino, Louie, and Gino here on Lockdown Eagles. Sorry, I'm juiced up for this uh, recap of the practice in Cleveland, Ohio, between the Eagles and Browns. We thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Gino, we talked about how good A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith looked. Smith trash talking one of the old Georgia corners, saying, last time I saw you, I put you on the bench. Nick Sirianni saying, last time you saw him, he won the Heisman. It was a fun day, apparently, in Ohio. But, you know, also it was fun because Jalen Hurts, you know, yesterday in the show, we talked about how last year he really struggled against top 10 defenses. And that's kind of an obvious statement. Most quarterbacks do struggle. That's why those defenses are that good. But his passing numbers especially really did not look all that impressive. So we talked about these practices as a measuring stick week. We wanted to see him come out and really show if he's going to take that big leap this year start with practices against a really talented Browns defense that has talent on all three levels. And it sounds like the reporters said that this might've been, if not the best, one of the best days Hertz has had all summer. That is extremely encouraging. I think it says a couple things about Jalen Hurts. Let's start with the year over year growth. Last year, there were days during practice where they just couldn't do anything on offense. They revitalized this thing, and today they were able to go in there and have Jalen Hurts, who has grown year over year, step into that offense with his new weapons. And the second point I want to say is do it in a multitude of ways. It wasn't just him rolling to his right every time. It wasn't him escaping with his legs. That doesn't. It wasn't the things he's always relied on in his entire career, yeah. Yeah, in these joint practices, 7-on-7, 11-on-11, that doesn't serve you at all to run as a quarterback. Yes, you have to know, but they're going to blow the play dead. They don't want the quarterbacks to get hurt. But when you look at what they have to do passing the ball, especially with how bad of a day Gardner Minshew and Reed Sinnott had as well with the second and third team offenses, it just goes to show you that this kid is a gamer more than anything, Lou. When he goes up against another team, That's really where it shines. And if you can answer the questions as the quarterback and say, I can compete against the top 10 defense, which you did today, when you put the lights on, when you do things Monday through Saturday, when you culminate enough personnel, 
is he good enough to drive that car? It certainly sounded like it today, Lou. And yeah. everything that came out of that practice outside of one interception, which I just want to say, if the volume is increasing for how much he passes, don't panic if he throws interceptions, folks. His interception ratio is going to be probably a little bit higher than it was. Let No, it'll be lower because he didn't throw as many touchdowns, but he'll probably throw – in volume, more interceptions this year, but you want to see that touchdown number. If they come from him taking chances, you know, I, I don't care. I mean, again, you got to use context with interception numbers for sure, unless it's 30 for 30, like Jameis Winston. Yeah, I do agree. I don't think there was a problem with the interception today, and he was very efficient in pretty much every other area. I think he went five for five, perfect in seven on sevens. Everybody just said, again, the mental clock, and this is what we were talking about yesterday. We want to see the vision, the processing, the decision-making, the on-time throws, the layer throws, just everything combined. You know, it's easier said than done. It's easier when you're playing the same defense all the time to get better in those ways. Not discrediting that, considering how good the Eagles' defense is, but it's different when you go up against a new defense, especially one mm -hmm. like the Browns' talent. And they said today his timing was maybe the most impressive part of his game. And to have multiple days now back-to-back -back where you're hearing about him doing things that he hasn't really done in the past. He had another play. I guess maybe the throw of the summer for Hertz was on a play that last year we never saw. He escaped to his left, threw across his body, down the left sideline, and found A.J. Brown 25 yards downfield in 11 on 11, apparently in a bucket, in traffic. You know, there was a lot of reporters saying that might have been the play of the summer. Hopefully the Eagles' social media account tweets that out for the fans. Um, but that's the other encouraging thing is you're hearing positive plays he's making coming from areas that he normally would struggle in. And again, it's a long process. We got to see this all become consistent in the regular season. But those are really good signs that we saw in the preseason game against the Jets. We're hearing in these joint practices. So coming from me, you guys know, I mean, that's I think it's impressive and encouraging to hear. And let's take a look at the guy who was there before Jalen and Carson Wentz. What was his issue when training camp came around? He would throw high. He would be inconsistent. You're still to this day through Washington beat writers hearing that he has practices where he's throwing high and he's inconsistent. You want to see your quarterback improve year over year on areas that they were weak in. But to not improve just shows either one, you can't do it, or two, you're too hard-headed to do it. Jalen Hurts, I bet he knows his flaws better than anybody. And you're not going to tell him anything that he hasn't heard about himself already. And to see him step up to the test, have the keys to the car that they handed him two years ago with this new and improved offense and let it rip, that's what this organization wants to see. That's what the fans want to see. That's Believe it or not, people, that's what I want to see. I know it sounds hard to, it's hard to believe, but it's true. That's what guys who want to get traded to Philadelphia like A.J. Brown want to see. That's what free agents are going to want to see. The ascendance of Jalen Hurts doesn't just help Jalen Hurts. It helps the whole organization from head to toe because, one, if he is the guy, Lou, you sign him, you extend him, and then you can use all those assets that you have in next year's draft to only add to this roster that we're already what we've talking always about. Said. I mean, potentially we, having yeah. a, a top five roster in the league. At we always got to separate what we think is going to happen versus what we want to happen. You're nuts if you don't want Jalen Hurts to be the guy. You don't think I want to be proven wrong? absolutely do. I like hearing about days like today where he's shining and I hope that does continue. Gino, I wanted to ask you this question too about, cause I was thinking about this today because of 
all the positives we heard about Hertz. And I thought, what if he really does take that step? You know, the step mm -hmm. that a lot of quarterbacks do in their second year as a full-time starter. And then I started to think about the evaluation process. Where do we get things wrong? Especially me, you know, certain critiques I've had, why I don't believe he's going to take that step. And let's, let's live in that hypothetical world where he does take the big step, not just like another Jalen Hurts subtle step, but the big one. What do you think that tells us or maybe that we could learn about evaluating in the NFL or does it tell you anything at all? I certainly like, is there a lesson you come away from that? Yeah, there are, absolutely. And if you've ever heard me talk, everybody should know day one, I was the biggest anti Josh Allen proponent. I've eaten the most crow on Josh Allen more than anybody. I thought you were going to get beat up in Buffalo. When we were at that game in 2019. Absolutely. And <laughs> what you have to look at, is one, can you be wrong in evaluation? Folks, it happens. Get over it. People are wrong in evaluation. It happens all the time. Two, what can we learn? I think Josh Allen was a perfect example that that three-year threshold truly is the mark. That's the make-or-break mark. And I think we've seen time and time again, even before Josh and after Josh, especially with these younger guys, you look at Pat Mahomes, you look at Joe Burrow, these guys that click, even Justin Herbert, for example, before that two-year, three-year mark, you think that they could continue to ascend into that second contract. And that's the discussion we're having right now. And finally, my takeaway from it is that we look at Jalen Hurts and we looked at his deficiencies did we go against the basis of scouting and not look at his strengths well enough? Was his want, his will, his ability to overcome adversity bigger than any deficiency yeah. that he had in his game? Time will tell, but it's certainly looking that that is the direction that things are going. He's playing within his game, finding out what he does wrong, adding pieces through the personnel department to supplement him. Because Josh Allen, would he be great elsewhere? Of course. But they brought in Stephon Diggs to make him better. Chase came into Cincinnati to make Joe Burrow better. DeAndre Hopkins was brought into Arizona to help out Kyler Murray. That's another lesson you have to learn. That the quarterback, yeah. as good as he is, this is an 11-on-11 11 11 game. You also point. have to have great to elite play at quarterback, but you got to have playmakers that are going to allow him to flourish into the full set of skills that he has. Let me lay out a scenario for you. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think you're going to call for a ride. Nah, actually, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or somebody else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. However you play, get the latest NFL fantasy draft tips from the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast and the Lockdown Dynasty Podcast. Plus, starting August 22nd, we're bringing you daily top 10 lists for fantasy draft week, Lockdown Fantasy Football, Lockdown Dynasty, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
I like that you mentioned just do the positives or the positives so positive that they outweigh the negatives. And, mm-hmm. and that's a good point because as cheesy as it does sound, even for a guy that like me, I believe in traits more than anything in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position. But what one lesson we can learn from if Hertz becomes the guy is that work ethic and leadership really do go extremely mm-hmm. far. Like if he becomes top tier, it's going to be because of that, because you know, if he becomes, to that category, right. Too, oh, because, trust me. I wrote down two of the three lessons I wrote down that I would learn was how crucial mobility is, how it can open up so many things mm-hmm. and overcompensate for when a player lacks other strengths in certain areas. So number one, mobility, such a necessity. And Hertz has always had that one of the best mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, but again, work ethic and leadership, because if he's going to become elite, his arm strength, suddenly Gino is not going to get to the level of Josh Allen. It's just not his physical abilities are his physical abilities. If he's going to take that step, it's going to come through a great level of improvement in areas like accuracy, pocket presence, timing, vision, things that you can learn things that if he's addicted to, like we think he is, he can get to a guy that works this relentlessly is somebody that can overcome really bad odds. And because let's be honest, like Jalen hurts his odds as a scout. If you look at that kind of prospect, you're going to say that's more of an outlier than the trend mm-hmm. in what becomes a franchise quarterback. Odds are most of the time, if a guy's an average quarterback through 50 college starts three years in the NFL, you know, most of the time, that's not the blueprint to find your elite quarterback. But if there's going to be a guy that's an outlier, you know, it's going to be somebody that has this kind of work ethic and this kind of leadership because chemistry is so important with a lot of those traits we talked about, timing and all that. And he is so good with rallying a locker room, creating chemistry with teammates. That, that's a crucial part of it too, especially at quarterback. We wouldn't be true individuals who have followed this team since we were young if we didn't believe in the idea of a team clicking and that being a superior. Right. If anybody knows about an outlier that it can all come together through that, it's the Eagles. Their Super Bowl MVP is the biggest outlier ever, but it worked. From the Avengers, one is greater than one, right? A team that is stronger as one unit is always going to be better than any individual. And the 2017 Super Bowl is the perfect embodiment of that. Tom Brady was Thanos. He right, was the greatest ever- quarterback ever, by the way. Gino is also an outlier. Tom Brady is, I think that's another lesson you learn is you got to embrace the chaos of the NFL that outliers can happen all the time. And it does. And is the ascension of Josh Allen's year two to three ever going to happen again in the NFL? Probably not. But can we look at that avenue, look at how they improved that player, how that player improved within himself, and take, in a league that is a copycat league, take a page out of somebody else's playbook and go to that? Because if you look at Josh Allen, what was the one thing that's always going to make him more successful than any other quarterback around him? He's bigger, he's more athletic, and his desire and will to win for that city is going to overtake everything. Then he changed up his throwing motion, which you can control. He worked with his receivers. He gets better receivers that help his timing. That's within his control. Jalen Hurts does a very, very good job being from the Nick Saban tree of eliminating anything that he cannot control and getting better within himself. Did he complain when he was thrown into that Bush League of a team back in 2020 towards the end of the season? No, he went out there and did as best as he could. Last year, did he complain throughout the year? He never said a word. Has he complained about anything since he's been here? No, he's put his head down. He's worked. And all of those positives that scouts were looking at 
sometimes in the second round, you draft a guy to potentially be the guy, and he becomes that outlier. We could be in an outlier situation, Lou. And to be in that outlier situation, somewhere where we haven't been outside of 2017, seriously. Yeah, I I hope that scenario does play out again. I still, you know, one practice isn't going to change my mind thinking he's not going to be the guy, but I I can see this path playing out. And I hope this is the path that does follow. Again, I do think with Josh Allen, it's easier to develop all of that when you're 6'5 and you have one of the strongest arms in the NFL. It can get you to a higher ceiling. But again, if there's going to be an outlier, it's going to come through a lot of the strengths that Jalen Hurts does have. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to follow this year and see if he can hit that path 100%. Uh, Gino, before we wrap up the show, some more takeaways from practice today in Cleveland against the Browns. Landon Dickerson made the block of the day, pancaking Jacob Phillips. Apparently, reporters said that you could hear the hit from 50 yards away. And isn't it kind of true that Dickerson, I don't know, I don't want to say Dickerson's like overlooked or underrated this year, but you don't talk about guards a lot, right? Cam Jurgens is kind of getting the headlines now as the new heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. I feel like Dickerson might be a little under the radar this year for how good he, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Brandon Brooks of 2019, but I could see a year two leap where he's one of the best guards in football. I don't think it's out of the equation. Especially next to Jordan Maialata and and Jason Kelsey. I mean, and what you said to him, like, is he going under notice? Is he underrated? Well, I mean, the squeaky wheel gets the grease as the old adage goes. People don't really have a worry in him, which is good because people had a worry when he was selected. But we know what this team does. They are going to draft. Yeah, you definitely did. They're going to draft guys on the interior, on the exterior that can win and win with the guy next to them. Him and Jordan Mailata, they could be the most physical left side of an offensive line in all the National Football League. And on the right side now, Lane Johnson is going to have to find another partner. Well, you really haven't had continuity at left guard because Isaac was hurt last year. They had that rotation for a few years or for half a year or whatever it was. Isaac settles in there. But then you have Jason Peters over there. You're going to see continuity at that left guard, left tackle position for the first time in quite some time. It almost flip-flopped, right, Gino? I think you're going to see more. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's it's a good point, though. I think, of course, tackles and centers, elite-level players of those positions can be more important than guards. I definitely do agree with that sentiment. But guards can still, especially when you're sandwiched in between two studs, and if you have a star guard, it can take your offense to another level, just like an elite having an elite tackle would, having an elite center would. Because you know, where do look quarterbacks at, hate the pressure from the most? And that's what I wrote down was look at all of the interior defensive line talent across the NFL. Look at all the talent yeah. in the Eagles locker room itself. Guards are just as important now. Right tackles are just as important as left tackles. Things are so multiple on a defense now that every position up front is valuable. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those positions and not a unit where you can hide people. It's not running back where you can just replace guys dime a dozen. And it's not like linebacker when teams. Although Jeff, by the way, Jeff Stoutland makes it seem like it's a diamond. You could throw anybody in there, but that's just because he's maybe the best offensive line coach ever. (laughs) But if you look at like linebacker, for example, when teams ran like strictly three, four, there was a linebacker. You could probably hide some of his deficiencies off ball, right? Eagles did it for a decade. Brian roll, Keenan Clayton, Jamar Cheney. But you look at the offensive line nowadays, there isn't a player you can hide, especially with what Jeff Stoutland likes to do. He's going to ask his left tackle to do the same things he asks his center to do. He's going to ask these guys to get 
15 to 20 yards downfield on a second level block and be the lead blocker. And all of these guys are athletic. They're physical. They're big guys that beat up little guys truly to, to chip Kelly. And now you look at one of the most cohesive and I would say a unit that is going to be continued over the next couple of years, because outside of Jason Kelsey, if Sam Alu cements himself at right guard, you could potentially bring him back on a team-friendly deal. They did yeah. that the last time. It seems like he's happy it's in like, Philadelphia. It's not like he's 36, you know? He's still young. And then you have Cam Jurgens to replace them. When this team actually has a season where year over year they're going to see the same offensive line, that's a scary vision because right now we're already saying even with a weak spot potentially at right guard, this is a top three unit all day long, and it goes at the hands of the guys today that – dominated, according to reporters, the defensive line of the Cleveland Browns. The edge rushers were not able to hit home. Landon Dickerson, like you said, was laying down pancake blocks. It's a frightening unit to go against. And when you are in a game, when you can impose your will as an offensive line and they're able to throw and hit home on routes to Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, as Eagles fans, we've been in those games on the other side where a quarterback is just clicking, you can't hit home from pass rush, and they can do whatever they want to you in the air. We've been there time and time again. I'm ready to be on the opposite side of it, and they have all of the guys in place. Jalen Hurts so. better be good, man. Jalen Hurts better be good because this offense is so be. talented. I'm, it's I'm putting it so out talented. I, I manifest it, man manifest it because it's the, the sky's the limit for this offense when it comes to the personnel. And I know we've talked about it before, but again, you just saw it at the forefront today against the Browns. And again, that, that's a really good roster. Uh, Gino, last thing too, how about the nicknames that we're getting throughout the summer? We've got beef jerky. We've got slay. Well, Dallas Goddard gave Devonte Smith a nickname today. Apparently he's Casper, the friendly ghost. And the what? reason is here's the quote. People be pressing him. He throws a shimmy and just disappears. That's a so good we've got, one. We've got Casper the Friendly Ghost now, too. I wonder who's going to get the next nickname. That's like, I who was the lacrosse player? Why can't I think of it? Uh, Chris Hogan, when he was in Miami's oh, yeah. camp, when they had the hard knocks, this is seven, eight years ago. They called him 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah, Joe Philbin right. here. They called him 7-Eleven <laughs> because he was always open. That Casper thing is very similar. Devontae Smith, he's he's there and then he's by you, and you're looking at somebody who you look at a big guy like DK Metcalf. He's not physically imposing like him at all, man. This guy is like Kevin Durant getting in your face, crossing you over, stepping back, Reaper. dropping a three, and then all of a sudden you're saying, man, how did this guy do this to me? And I'm excited to see how this thing comes to fruition. And today, just that first little taste, that first little just sampling little spoon you That's get right. when you get ice cream. And we got a lot coming. For this Eagles team. We'll see if they can run it back again tomorrow. Practice again in the afternoon against the Cleveland Browns. We have another podcast for you tomorrow, recapping the week. And then we've got, we're also going to take a look towards the preseason game between these two on Sunday at one o'clock. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBLC, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football, talking birds all throughout the day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. Get ready for your fantasy drafts if you're smart and did it later in the summer. 
get ready with your drafts with Vinny Lyre, who is going to get 20-plus years of experience into your heads and have you build a championship roster free and available on all podcast platforms. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off for today's Locked on Eagles. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.